All right, Al, we'll start on my signal. Oh, uh, what's the signal? The signal will be go. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and uh, ignites everybody with Thor powers for every movie, show, and one shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Tony Camarena. You didn't say go. Well, sucks for you. Who are you again? <laughs> uh, uh, Al. Al. Oh, this is okay. what happens when I don't write down yep. uh, the name. Al. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, with that, uh, try and follow us, or successfully follow us, on uh, Twitter at MCU underscore Rewind, and give us whatever, the maximum amount of stars you can give on whatever app you are currently using for podcasts. And with that... Uh, today's episode is our results episode for Thor 4. Oh god, there were so many Thors, aka Thor 11 Thunder. Um, and as always, returning guests, this uh, Gorgon and Fat Thor from the Sons of Mjolnir podcast. Welcome, guys. Hey, thanks for having us back. We're glad to be here and doing with this again and see, you know, how well everybody's predictions went. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having us back. It was so much fun last time and... I can't wait to see what the results are and see if I beat y'all or if you guys beat the Thor guy. Well, we'll find out. But before we jump into and find the results, if any of our listeners haven't listened to our first episode with you guys, do you want to plug your show? Tell them what Sons of Mjolnir is all about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're two parts of three dudes of the Sons of Mjolnir podcast. Um I, uh, I'm the last Gorgon on Twitter, and our buddy here goes by Fat Thor. You can't help but uh, find him under that name on Twitter. And uh, we also have a Sons of Mjolnir Twitter link. We're available on Spotify, YouTube, and wherever you prefer to listen to your podcast. And we're just a bunch of dudes just nerding out about comics, having a good time about Captain America, Thor, symbiotes, all things in between and beyond. Very nice. Very nice. It's a great show. Everyone should listen to that. A link to the show will be in the show notes. But Al, do you want to explain our game? Yes. All right. So uh, if you have never listened to our prediction and results episode before, um, we like doing these as a game. So we've previously done our predictions where uh, we each brought some number of questions and answers to all of the questions. So we made those predictions well in advance of that movie coming out, uh, at least here in the U.S. Uh, I don't know when it came out in other countries. Sometimes it's before us. Anyway, um, so uh, what we're going to be doing today is uh, racking up points. So that's the game part of this. So we're going to go through each question uh, and all of the answers that we uh, each brought and then try to decide uh, how many points each person gets for that question, if any. So it's going to be zero, one, or two. Zero if you're nowhere near it. Two if you're right on the money. Uh, and one if um, you're you're kind of close. We're, we're, we're pretty lenient on that, that one point. Uh, so uh, with that out of the way, just a reminder of our spoiler policy. Um, we're talking about Thor 4, Love and Thunder. So as a result, uh, full spoilers for that movie. And uh, just in case, just assume spoilers of anything else that has already been released in the MCU, uh, which as of this recording is everything up until episode five of Miss Marvel. Um, so um, yeah, if you haven't seen uh, Moon Knight yet, um, and you're worried about spoilers, um, maybe, maybe wait a little bit. Go binge that and then come back and uh, listen to this. All right, so I think that's it. Uh, let's jump into what we all thought about the movie. So let's do a quick roundtable. All right, Fat Thor, what did you think about this movie? So obviously I'm biased being Fat Thor and the Thor guy. So take my comments with a little grain of salt everywhere, everybody out there. But I, I really, really loved this movie. I mean, I, it's not a big surprise that I'm a fan of it, but... I will say, if I can put my bias aside a little bit, I will say I think that the pacing was a little fast. I would have enjoyed maybe about like 20 more minutes. I think that would have helped flesh some things out. Mm -hmm. But again, I really loved it. I thought the comedy worked well. While it was a lot of jokes, I can see the criticism on that aspect. I think it was equally balanced out with a lot of emotion and some really deep themes that I think really resonated with me at least and i think resonate with a lot of people so like i said i really enjoyed it awesome cool all right tony uh what do you think 
Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the movie. I, it's probably like upper middle tier Marvel wise. Uh, I agree. The pacing was way off. I, I, they just ran to, through too many things. I, I could almost put money on that. The, um, narration by, uh, by Korg in the movie was probably like, done like towards the end to cut out a bunch of things so we can just montage it uh that being said i see a lot of people online and i posted on twitter i think yesterday just like i gotta remind myself all the time that social media isn't real life (laughs) but you know people getting um mad about it being too jokey and not having the pathos of like some other movies like i really felt uh, like the emotional impact of this movie. I mean, maybe it's because I work with kids and seeing essentially a group of children get Thor powers at the end. I was excited about that. Um, and also the fact that I've been calling this four more Thor for more Thors, and there were like twenty five Thors at the end of the movie. I was very happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I. I enjoyed it. I thought the humor was good. I think I was actually kind of iffy about Jane Foster because she wasn't the most interesting character in her two previous appearances. But I really think, I mean, Taika really made her an entertaining and uh, like complicated character. So I, I overall, I approve. Awesome. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of that stuff. Yeah, Gorgon, what'd you think? Oh man, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm I'm right there with you guys. I think it was a, a a really good movie. There's definitely some things I'd change. I was talking with a, another friend, you know, in Twitter in a different group after this, and I I really think that for me personally, I think we're we're past the age of short comic book movies. At this point, we're so far in our universes that we need time to flesh certain details outright and and truly make the story just stand out in places and I'm I I wanted even more I think 30 to 40 extra minutes would have really helped have more time for for them to flesh some other parts of the story out in this make it a little more fully cohesive and well-rounded but I still think it was a great film um, I, I love the goats so much. Uh, every time they screamed, I couldn't help but laugh. Neither could my theater. I, I love the kids at the end of it. Heimdall's son getting Thor powers for a moment just seems so awesome, right? As as, mm-hmm. as as a Marvel Comics and a mythology nut, that just felt super cool to see. Um, and, and it left me really hopeful for the future. I I won't say that Christian Bale's gore blew me away, but I was very impressed with his gore for it not being, you know, the the traditional what we know from the comics and being their adaptation of it. I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed his gore. I don't feel like we've seen him be this creepy since American Psycho, and it was nice to see him step back into those shoes. Yeah, speaking about gore, I, I've seen this movie twice now. I saw it Thursday night, and then um, I actually went, because I'm a teacher on uh, summer break, I went to see it at 10 a.m. this morning. Um, gore, like, when you're watching the movie, gore is a great villain. I really enjoy them. But when I leave the theater both times, like, out of all the things in the movie, I'm not really thinking about him. So it's like, maybe just not... That's fair. A memorable villain. Like, we've had Malekith, who's, like, memorably bad. And then we've had Loki, who's, you know, the most recurring villain, because he's just awesome, and Tom Hiddleston does a great job. And I think Christian Bale's, like, right down the middle. He's great in the moment, but he doesn't stick with you. At least in my opinion. I I think with gore, at least in my opinion, a lot of that... I, I agree with what you're saying for sure. And I think a lot of that comes back to all what we were all saying about the time and the pacing. Mm-hmm. I think if we had maybe that extra 15 and 20 minutes of gore content, I think it would have left the theater thinking about him more in the forefront. But mm-hmm. again, I got to say he, I thought he was a great villain for when he was on screen. And I thought he was genuinely like creepy and evil. Like, I feel like a lot of villains are kind of like, oh, like, this is my plan, but you sympathize with me, blah, 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 or whatever. But, like, when he ripped the head off that snake, I was like, oh, shit, okay, we're going straight creepy here. And I was, I'm all all for that. Yeah. Now, if 
Thor kicks me off of our podcast. I might see if y'all need a third after I say this, but uh, <laughs> when when he was first fighting them in the town and he was really manipulating shadows well and popping mm. out of shadows and putting a beat down on Odinson for a minute, I'm not going to lie to you. I was absolutely rooting for gore. Like, man, <laughs> it y'all smack on. Dude, no, that was sick. Especially when he had the swords, like, right? He's like, oh, that's sharp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, he was, I mean, he was cool fighting. He was cool in kind of, like, everything he was doing. But I, I agree with, with everything it, it, the three of you have already said. You know, it was, for the most part, good movie. It was enjoyable. It was, it was just a fun watch, right? You know, just mm-hmm. sitting down, a lot of jokes going on. You see what is essentially this invincible character, you know, Thor Odinson, um, joined by um, what is now another almost invincible until the end, uh, Thor, <laughs> um, uh, just doing what Thors do in space. I mean, it was it was just a fun watch. Oh, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, agree with with other things, right? Some pacing, you know, some other stuff could have could have been better. But eh, oh, well, that's that's what we got. Uh, and I have no idea if it's, you know, this was always the plan or I'm curious if anything like um you know, COVID pandemic stuff kind of mess with things, um, which I knew. I mean, I, I know it has changed uh, a good handful of things uh, with other movies or some of the Disney Plus shows. But mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah. All right. Should we jump in to see how accurate our predictions were? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Let's see how <laughs> inaccurate we were. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm just going down the list, kind of the order we did last episode. So I'll start with Al's questions and I'll recite what we all said. So starting with Al's first question, Valkyrie is the new king of Asgard. Uh, why is she joining the Thors on their adventure? I said from the trailer that she's bored, but I think Gore sent some minions to attack new Asgard and King Valkyrie is investigating and stopping the threat. Al, you said storyline-wise, something came up and uh, about some kind of Asgardian power out in the cosmos, so she decided to investigate it. She found the Thors and decided to tag along. Gorgon said she's investigating a new Asgardian god, uh, and she's mad at Odinson for giving her a lot of responsibilities when he pretty much threw away the crown and went on his own walkabout. And then Fat Thor said, Valkyrie is bored! Since Asgard has become a tourist destination, so the king's responsibilities are making her impatient, and Gore's arrival is an excuse to go on an adventure. So there's a lot of ways we can award or not award points. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely don't think any of us got it right on. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. I think everybody but me for sure gets at least one point minimal. Maybe I'm like I'm, I'm almost want to argue against Al getting any points because you said I I was I, I mean kind of keeping my mouth shut but no I I don't think I should get any points for that too like it was yeah. um let's see my my answer with her like found the Thors and wants to tag along yeah barely fit no it's mm, it's it's not enough I, I don't think that's fair Al and I can sit this one out <laughs> <laughs> say you were right on the cusp there it just needed a little bit more to get you there <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so myself and Gorgon, right? One point each. What do you guys? I think? mean, I'll take it, but no. <laughs> oh, sorry, goes to Thor. I apologize. Thor, <laughs> myself and Thor, one point each. <laughs> I'll take it. All right, <laughs> you better. <laughs> Next question. According to IMDb, there are a handful of uh, people in the cast uh, uh, playing actor characters like actor Loki, actor Thor, and actor Hela. What are these characters doing? Um, we all had pretty similar stuff, but we'll see. Um, they're, I said they're performing The Fall of Asgard, a.k.a. Uh, the end of Ragnarok. Uh, Al said, like every other Thor movie, this one will start the monologue explaining things. And the actors are um, are acting out the recap, uh, and it will be narrated by Korg. So, Al, I'm sorry, man. Um, <sighs> Gorgon, you said they will be performing a reenactment of how they came to Midgard, possibly from drunk, drunk Thor retelling it. And then, uh, Thor, you said that same thing as Gorgon, 
but not drunk. (laughs) (laughs) So it was more the beginning of Thor Ragnarok, but I mean, it is how they found that land. Yeah, technically. I feel like it was more so like the the shattering of Milnir is like what the yeah. play was. <laughs> yeah, it stopped as soon as, as Hela showed up and, and broke the hammer. Like, oh yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, but we could like we can assume that the beginning is uh Odin's monologue about how this is home and mm-hmm. all that mm-hmm. stuff, which is how they decided that spot for um New Asgard. Yeah, I'd say I'd say a point for that for sure. For the telling of how they got to New Asgard, I think that you're on the money there. Yeah. Um Yeah, and then uh both Gorgon and Fat Thor said how they came to Midgard. So same thing. Mm-hmm. Say, uh three of us get one point each. And Al Al did have the, the introduction narrated by Korg, but it is not what the actors were doing. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again, close. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It wasn't related to the actors. I uh, man, I was really, really expecting it to be uh to that to be the the monologue. But hey, there was still a monologue. So that's that's yes, four four Thor movies with the <laughs> uh, with monologues. We'll see what happens in number five. And it was so. <laughs> oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Bud. <laughs> I was just going to say, it was so great seeing Matt Damon back as Loki mm-hmm. as well. That was so funny. I was dying. I like mm-hmm. their their second appearance when he's like, this tragedy, uh, people need entertainment <laughs> yeah. during times of tragedy. <laughs> I didn't hear like, no. that. That wasn't a no. Let's go. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. So, uh, Gorgon and Thor, are we giving Al a point? <laughs> I say give him a point. Give my man's a point. Okay. All right. I was outvoted. I'm always against giving out points, but it's okay. It does seem like a good rule to have. Yeah. We got to make it a race, man. We got to make it a race. All right. Uh, That is essentially the end of the first round. Current score is myself and Fat Thor in first place. Both have two points and Al and Gorgon uh, each have one point in the strong second place. (laughs) All right. All right. Next questions. My questions. Edit that out. My questions. Will there be any reference to Gore's weapon being the All Black, the Necrosword, or relating to the first symbiote? Um, I said no. I was wrong. (laughs) Al also said nope. It's just a cool looking sword, which is a cool looking sword. But no, you're also wrong, Al. (laughs) Um... Gorgon said there will be a direct reference. They will call the all black, all black, but they won't mention Noel. They may reference him. And then uh, Gorgon, I think you can debate that. But let me read Fat Thor's answer: was we will not get a symbiote shout out, but there will be the named All Black or Necro Sword, which it definitely was. <laughs> boom, boom, boom! Let's go. <laughs> well, that one's a full two points. Yeah, that's definitely full two points for Fat <laughs> Thor. I think Gorgon, though, Gorgon, we were talking about this uh, just privately after we both saw the movie. Gorgon, you got to drop the void and the shadow realm because I think think you can get another point with that connection there. Well, I mean, like it's for the very fact that it's called like the Necrosword, right? There's one. And, And they talk about it as if it's a mythical legend, right? I can't remember the direct quote, but Thor and Valkyrie are discussing it, or sorry, Odinson and Valkyrie are discussing it. And, and explaining to Mighty Thor about it and, and saying that it's a weapon from, like, before time. Okay. Mm-hmm. From well, the what, beginning of time. And it was yeah, passed so down what, from owner to owner. Exactly. So what what being would have created that before time? Well, there's only one, one or, few, you know, like a handful of beings that existed prior to known time in the 616. And one of those is Null, who created it. Mm-hmm. I did notice that it also whispered. Um, through the void to get gore right like it was messing with his head and that's something we've seen null do through the void stuff we've seen null pop through shadows because what is shadows but not darkness and darkness is just the void where null is god so i felt like it was abs it i do still believe god is coming to the mcu in five to ten years y'all can quote me on that Um, (laughs) and i absolutely think this that's how they're gonna play with that later on 
Yeah, when I watched it uh, this morning, I was they were talking about the Necrosword and the lore with it. And it's like, I bet they're referencing something. I bet these guys who know their Thor lore a lot better than I do <laughs> will call that a reference. Uh, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. <laughs> you, you sound like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> I do for symbiotes. I I do for symbiotes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I still don't know if they're even gonna say it's uh, a symbiote. Um, they might just change that to something else. We'll we'll see later on. But I mean, everything else you said makes sense, right? It it fits exactly with what they're going for. Mm-hmm. One thing about the Necrosword, I kind of wish they did instead of having it a sword actual sword is i wish they did the symbiote look where it kind of is more like a liquid that forms into a sword in the comics Mm -hmm. well i think with this whole necrosword and the symbiote thing i'm thinking in the mcu which uh gorgon might have some knowledge on this more than i do but i think they're going to tie the necrosword with uh, the ebony blade mm-hmm. and we saw in eternals the ebony blade definitely had some sim action going on yeah, with that definitely... little black whatever coming out of the sword so i think in for mcu purposes the swords are going to be related somehow and <clears throat> that's how again going back to the whole sim thing i think it's all going to connect so i don't know if you guys have read um, one of the more recent Black Knights minis, the Black Knights Curse of the Ebony Blade. Notice it's plural Black Knights because by the end of it, there's two one in the eternal chair, permission, and one goes out doing the thing, and it moves forward with two, right? It doesn't matter who's the face, it's a job. Um, but it's the Ebony Blade is directly related to Null. That is a recent change to Marvel Comics where they expanded with the lore that the part of the ebony blade is like long-term tied to null. Um, it doesn't have all of his power that, that he gave the necro sword, mm-hmm. but it does have an offshoot of strength from him and a bit of the corruption uh, with, within it of him. And, and that's, it is kind of interesting that, that I feel like that that comic came out shortly after we get the Eternals where we have the Black Knight set up, and it looks slightly more liquidy symbiotic than the Ebony, than, than you know, the, the All Black, the Necrosword did yeah. here today. I find that a little fascinating, and I, I definitely agree and definitely think what they're doing is setting up all the pieces to where when they decide what they want to do with symbiotes one day and how they want to tie it together... All the framework is in the MCU for them to tie it wherever they choose they want to go. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely planning better than they had in the past. Like, um, in the comics, like, if you go back to Phase 1, the Tesseract and Infinity Stones are very tangentially related. Like, the the Tesseract is not an Infinity Stone in the comics, where they kind of streamlined for the movies. And I'm glad that they're laying down the groundwork a little better. I mean, they've had 12 years to plan. But I I like where they're going with it. Um, I'm also feeling the same way with the rings of um, the Ten Rings and Kamala Khan's bangle, which, as we're recording this, last episode of Miss Marvel hasn't come out yet. So if we get some big revelation in the finale, sorry, I sound like an idiot. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's like they're they're getting better at streamlining it and connecting it forward thinking to the comics, which, uh, you know. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, there, we did see a 10 rings logo in, mm-hmm. I want to say episode four of exactly. Miss Marvel. So again, right on the money there. All right. Moving on to our next question. Uh, will this m- uh, movie explicitly show how Jane is able to wield Mjolnir? And if show, so how is she able to do that? So um, I said that uh, it was because she at one point had superpowers through the Aether. And she did not use it to try to destroy the universe like Thanos or Malika. So uh, cross my name off of getting points. Um, Al says, yes, there will be a full explanation complete with a flashback. Uh, the show doesn't, uh, uh, she doesn't know, uh, why until later in the film, 
but it's just luck of the dice. And then he has this note where he wants me to read something terrible, so I'm going to say, Al complimented my face. Uh, <laughs> uh, you do read those. <laughs> <laughs> Al wanted me to do a teleprompter. <laughs> Uh, Gorgon says the hammer chooses her because there must always be a Thor and Odison is off planet being negligent. We won't see why she's worthy because worthiness comes from the inside. And then uh, Fat Thor says from her experience with the Aether, uh, it gave her cancer and someone convinces her to go to New Asgard where she hears uh, Mjolnir's call uh, because of the threat of Gore. So Ooh, these are some yeah. good answers. I feel <laughs> like we can argue answer. some points here. All right. Who wants <laughs> to be first at bat? Uh, I'm going to jump in. All right. So uh, let's see the first half of my answer completely wrong with the full explanation and a flashback. Like, I mean, hey, there was there, a flashback. There yeah, was, there a, was flashback, a flashback, but it stopped like as soon as the hammer was about to form. Like that would have been really cool. I feel like that was a scene they decided to cut. Like that would have just mm-hmm. been so cool to see her like first wield it for the first time and the suit shows up on her and all that stuff. Um, Hell yeah. However, <laughs> however, the other explanation or the actual explanation they end up giving is, I mean, they, they basically say that it's because Thor loved her. He, got Mjolnir to take care of her. And and that was the reason, which I feel like is what I said of it's just luck of the dice. I think you could argue that it's it's a little bit of a stretch, but I mean, I definitely, I can agree with it. And like you said, you definitely nailed it with the flashback. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd necessarily say it was luck of the dice, but I mean, she definitely like, she didn't know that he did that. I don't think he even knew that he did that. It kind of just happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just a thing that happened, which yeah. kind of honestly kind of feels like the writer is just saying, yeah, that's that's it. That's the reason um, mm-hmm. we don't want to think of something better. So kind of felt a little eh when we, when we found that out. But yeah, um, I'm perfectly fine accepting zero points, but I'm, I'm trying to get at least one. So <laughs> I'd say it. If you're asking me, I say you get a point. That's I say you get a point. <laughs> yeah. All right. Al gets a point. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's like, damn it. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, I still know Who he won't win, try? so. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I, I definitely want to think that I at least get one point for worthiness being something that is inside of you and us not being shown shown how and why she's worthy because Odinson definitely just like talked about how like no you helped me find worthiness in me that's mm-hmm. how I know you're worthy so I trust Mjolnir you're worthy because Mjolnir says you're, Mjolnir, you're you're worthy kind of speech so I definitely think I get a point there but I am obviously biased towards <laughs> I'd say you do I'd, I'd say so because yeah. like you were saying they don't like explicitly say like oh, Jane, you are worthy because of this, or like you're worthy because of X, Y, Z. It just, she just is worthy. And obviously we have the thing with, you know, Thor putting the enchantment on the hammer, but she still had to be worthy for the hammer to come to her, no? Well, I'm not sure about that. I thought, mm -hmm. like my take from this was she was able to lift the hammer because Thor requested that the hammer protect Jane and Jane. But does protect Jane also equal turn Jane into a Thor? Well, my thing is that she, throughout the movie and the journey of the movie is she became worthy of the hammer. So it's like the opposite of what most people do. Um, Thor thought she was worthy first and then she gained worthiness by, I mean, the same way uh, Thor and Cap became worthy with self-sacrifice. See, I definitely thought she was worthy before that is what I got out of it in the movie. So I feel like we got very different things Mm -hmm. from the movie. I'm going to have to agree. I think at least from my perspective and not, trying to say anybody is right or wrong it's you know obviously up to interpretation Mm -hmm. but i got it that uh it was kind of a mix of both like the like thor uh inadvertently put the charm on the hammer for the hammer to protect jane but i think the worthiness charm is still at play at the same time if that makes any sense 
So like the hammer could have still healed her, but for her to actually wield it and become Thor, that's where the worthiness kind of aspect comes in. And again, that's just kind of my two cents about the matter. Yeah, and and that's one of those hard parts, right? Because they they weren't explicit about it yeah. in the movie, and I don't know if we'll ever get an actual answer, mm-hmm. like a, a direct won't. answer to this. Yeah, I don't think you're <laughs> supposed to because yeah. that's not how worthiness works. I yeah. will say though, I did being the Thor comic nerd here, and I obviously really love the explanation in the books of why she's worthy, like with the whole mother storm and all that. Mm -hmm. But I honestly really enjoyed this change for the movie. And I thought that it was, while it's a lot simpler, which, you know, given the runtime, you got to kind of condense some of this stuff. I just really thought it was just kind of beautiful and kind of heartwarming that it's like, Thor just wanted Jane to always be safe and to, you know, be protected. So, and like I said, I don't think he like purposely was like, oh, I'm going to put this charm on Milnir. Like he was just talking from his heart to Milnir, being like, you know what? She's awesome. Like, I love her. Like, you know, promise me you'll always protect her. And Milnir was like, all right, bet. I got you. And I don't know. I just thought that was really beautiful. And I liked the change, even though it was different from the books. You know, every Thor's relationship with Mjolnir has been different and unique mm-hmm. to them. Um, and I, I very much enjoyed seeing that his relationship with Mjolnir is very much that of an old friend that he talks to, that he confides in, who he drunkenly has hearts to hearts with. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really, really neat to see that, that for the MCU, that's that's how their relationship is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, it actually adds some more context to Thor Ragnarok, right? Like, because in that film, when Mjolnir was destroyed, um, you know, he was really sad about it, which makes sense. It's a hammer he's had for over a thousand years or something like that. Um, but we never saw him drunkenly talk to the, the hammer <laughs> until now. <laughs> <laughs> but it explains why he was like so, so hurt that his friend is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys have actually convinced me because I'm. Thinking back to when uh, Jane first gets the call towards Mjolnir, like picking up the book and she's feeling a call, is she is putting her life on the line by not resting and doing the extra research and working on her work, which Korg says in the narration, she's helping to save the world. However, that fits into the larger MCU, we'll find out. But she is kind of sacrificing herself. Uh mm-hmm to do the work. So I'll, I'll buy it. I'll give you the point, Gorgon. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Um, and then uh, Thor, your one about uh, someone convinces her to go to New Asgard, which Darcy brings up and she hears the call me on here. Maybe not directly because of gore, but that's pretty on dead on. Yeah, I, I, I'd say I'll argue for a point here. Yeah. I don't think I don't deserve two for sure, but I'll <laughs> argue for the one. I think oh, one right. sounds good. Yeah, I was really surprised, though. I mean, not to, you know, think that I'm some kind of genius or anything, but I really was surprised that we did not get anything about the ether, like about her kind yeah. of experience with the ether i thought that would at least be a mention or something i'm i'm really surprised that that wasn't even you know mentioned at all mm-hmm. i really thought that was gonna play a part of her sickness yeah no i i agree that was I, I think it was left to be implied that you know once we got the flashbacks of her mother that mm-hmm. they were playing the illness on hereditary Right, that that yeah. it runs in the blood of the family, and I think it's important to remember, if I remember correctly, that that Taika Taika Waititi's mother, he watched her go through cancer when he was a child. Mm. I um, didn't know so that. I I feel like it's in, I feel like that was intentional that they did it as such. Yeah, and her mom in the books has cancer as well, so that's mm-hmm. not like a completely out of left field thing. Yeah. All right, guys, at the end of round two, um, tables have turned for me. Al and I are tied for third place with two points each. Gorgon, you are in second place with three points. And uh, Thor, you are up to five points, currently in first place. Ho, ho, ho. Let's go. (laughs) 
All right, let's see if you get that coveted no prize as we go to round three <laughs> of Gorman's questions. All right. Uh, your first question was, Thor's goats seem to be comedic relief, yet serious excitement for him. We have super dogs, goats, and more in the MCU now, and have seen a glimpse of Throg in the Disney Plus Loki series. What do we think are the chances of us actually seeing Throg wielding the ha- hammer in the MCU? I said, on a long enough timeline, yes. But within the next two phases, no. So definitely not this one. Um, Al says, uh, low, definitely not in this movie, but Throg will show up for at least a scene. Gorgon said, no Throg. The focus will be on the two hammer wielders. And uh, Fat Thor, you said, uh, we're going to see a frog pick up a sliver of the hammer and be the new Throg. So... Um, I'm going to say Gorgon and I both get two points because we both pretty much said no, not in this movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I'll take the L on this one. Yeah. Finally, two points. I want you to know I was rooting for you. The whole time I was watching <laughs> the movie, I remembered how well you vocalized the idea of mm-hmm. Rog picking up a sliver of, of the shattered Mjolnir. And I want you to know I was really rooting for you, <laughs> hoping that you would you would be this this savior with foresight here. Um, but alas, you were not. I was not. The Thor, Thorstradamus did not get it right <laughs> this time. I was unfortunately wrong. All right. Um, and then Al. Al, you said that not in this movie, but then you said he'll show up for a scene. So Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking when I wrote two completely <laughs> different things back yep. to back. Um <laughs> just thinking about um, Santa Claus. Uh <laughs> God, baby. Um yeah, I, I guess uh, I, I was going for like probably not sure. Yeah, the zero points. Just just say zero. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't I can't think of anything for that. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, there was just too many things. I bet if we saw that four-hour cut that Taika said exists, we would get Throg in there and Beta Ray Bill and probably like future Thor and like old Thor with a like young Thor with a sword. But no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Gorgon's second question: With all the God talks, uh, heroes, and a possible Sakar flashback, do you think it's possible we'll see Beta Ray Bill in this movie? Or will be he be held off to something bigger? I said he will be in the post credit scene. Um, Al said that he'll show up in the movie, kick ass, not say anything, uh, and just be a cool dude. Um, Gorgon, you said he's in the movie as a full character. And uh, Thor, you said, no, there isn't enough time in a jam-packed movie. He may appear in a post credit scene. Which I'm thinking you think may appear is what gives you two points. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I knew my trepidation would pay off one day. I knew it. Yeah. In my opinion, I think the uh, the, the rest of us don't get any points, unless any of you guys <laughs> want to argue for that. <clears throat> argue for that. Oh, yeah. No, I I, I can't argue for that. Yeah, for, for myself, at least. But, yep. Yeah, no no argument here on my end. I'll, I'll take the L. I earned it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So I will say after seeing the movie, I am I'm kind of glad that Better Ray wasn't in it. And that's not a criticism of like, oh, the movie's bad or anything like that. But again, kind of what I said in my previous answer, there's just so many players in this movie already. I think Better Ray would have unfortunately got swept to the side mm-hmm. if he was in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, I mean it's it's so natural for us to to want to like, you know, we have that wish list of what we want in the movie, right? Yeah. Like it's like we, I'm sure every time something new uh within the MCU comes out, we're like, "Oh, is this the time we finally get this character?" I mean, how we have a question at the end of these uh are the our mutants finally showing up. <laughs> right? So it's uh so yeah, it's it's just so hard to to fight ourselves sometimes thinking like, "Yeah, obviously this character will finally make an appearance, mm-hmm. but oh well." <laughs> yeah, and it makes a lot more sense from now that we know the story that if they're going to set up a character, Hercules makes more sense with the story of the film than mm-hmm. throwing Beta Ray Bill in here. Which I can't believe none of us said Herc, man. Like I after I saw that, I was like, oh my God, I'm an idiot. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, 
I mentioned Hercules in, in the next question, but... <laughs> I, no, I I vividly remember walking out of the theater and getting a phone call from Al, and and he was like, "Wow, I can't believe Brother Thor didn't even once think to compliment Hercules. Man, he's an absolute idiot." I, I think we agree with you. Yeah, I know. I knew it. <laughs> uh, although I'm going to say, um, as a big, have any of you guys seen Ted Lasso, the TV show? Yes. 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 Great uh, show. Freaking Roy Kent as Thor. I mean, I'm very happy with that because he's my favorite character. And he, he like, he's got the body hair for it. So it really works <laughs> out. <laughs> Definitely. I was talking to someone else and they were like, does this mean that we're going to get our first MCU F-bomb now? And I think it's highly likely. Yeah. Um, also, um, uh, two uh, post-credit scenes in a row. Not in a row, but it's like end of... Uh, Spider-Man was Danny Rojas is the bartender who's serving um, uh, Eddie Brock, and now we've got Roy Kent. So I'm like, I'm hoping for like the entire uh, team to eventually show up, <laughs> be like the community folks of when the Russo brothers were there. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> so every um, other film, right, is is when someone next will show up. So uh, I guess that means Wakanda Forever will be skipped, and then what's after that? Ant Man. Ant Man, yeah, that's March of next year. So I think that's the next movie after uh Black Panther. So yeah. Okay. Um yeah, so we'll get Jamie Tart as uh an ant. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> as a variant of Kang. <laughs> uh. Alright. Um three out of five rounds done. Current score. Al dead last with two points. That's my comfort zone. Yep. <laughs> uh, myself in third place with four points. Gorgon, uh, slightly ahead of me with five points in second place. And uh, Thor, you are in front with a commanding seven points. Boy! <laughs> Al, we might have to look up what our top score ever on these things are. Because we're historically really bad at this. So seven. Hey, yeah, I'm I coming for the crown. You might be in your Heimdall era, my friend. We'll see if you have foresight by the time this is all over. Yeah, We shall see. I, I don't know if I've learned to use my magic eyes yet, but we'll see. <laughs> all right. Well, we're moving on to uh, Thor's questions. We know we go to Omnipotent City. What other gods besides the ones in the trailers do you think will pop up? I said, while I was hoping for Tarot, Tarot, I can't say her name apparently. Uh, we will get uh, Shadrach, the god of bombs. And Thor, you agreed with me. You also said Shadrach. Al. Unfortunately. Al, actually, I do have his notes copied. He said, uh, so many in the background. We know Greek, but some Egyptians went in the background. Hercules for sure. And Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, um, hey, I, I think you can argue for definitely at least a point for that. Yeah. And then Gorgon said an Aztec god in Omnipotent City, which I 100% sure there was an Aztec god like sitting in front of Korg. There was. There definitely was. <laughs> yeah. I, and, I won't lie. I saw that in theaters and just went, I knew it. And the dad <laughs> next to me with like three kids looked over and he goes, hey, man, after the movie, he goes, hey, is that. Is that like for the Namor twist that they're doing? And I was like, yeah, man, that's exactly yeah. what that is. Damn, you had a, a dad nerd next to you then, huh? Yeah, he had a he had a, he had two kids, uh, one that was asleep in his lap by the end of the film, and the other one that was absolutely enamored with Valkyrie, and honestly, same. That's so awesome. Yeah, so Gorgon definitely gets two points in that one, and Al. If, if you could just stop putting in details, you would have gotten two points, too. But <laughs> I can't. I just I can't stop myself. Nope. <laughs> um, I would actually like if we gave three points, Gorgon Quetzalcoatlus also got a name drop when he was listing off all the. Uh, all the he did. Uh, and I did not expect that. I no, that that was a little more direct than I expected them to do. And I I thought that was super cool to see how hard they're jumping into their Namor shift already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I I can't wait. Like I can't wait for Comic Con next week. 
because I'm like I'm expecting definitely the Wakanda trailer, but whatever oh, yeah. drops we get in there. So excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta work on my break-in strategy so I can go figure out what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish I was going to... Like, I had a chance to go this year, but I was like, it's probably going to still be pandemic style. I'm not going to go this year. And then I hear every panel and stuff like that. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't you have to get, like, passes, like, a year out? You do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I have a friend who's going, and, like, she wants someone to go with. And I was like, yeah, not this year. I don't have, like... We recently... like Well, at that time, it was like, we recently had bought a house. So it was like, I don't have the extra cash to be dropping mm. on Comic-Con tickets and trying to get a hotel in San Diego. But now looking at yeah. everything that's coming, I'm like, son of a bitch. Anyway. Yeah. I moved, I moved to LA about a year ago now. And like, as soon as I got out here, I'm like, Comic-Con, I got to freaking go. And I looked at the tickets like, Oh, we're all sold out. And I'm like, it's like a year away. And I'm like, Oh, I guess I should have planned this two years ago to move to California. <laughs> yeah, I went 2018, and that was the summer between Infinity War and Endgame, and there were no panels for Marvel. There was like an Iron Fist panel and a Cloak and Dagger panel, which I definitely went to, but it Lame. wasn't Marvel Studios. <laughs> <sighs> All right, back to Thor for more Thors. All right. Um, Fat Thor, your second question was, we've seen Celestials in the trailer. Do you think we will get some further context of the relationship between the Asgardians and Eternals or mention the War of the Gods and Celestials? For context, I definitely remember this. Uh, what Celestials do is look through a window and then turn their head slightly as Thor and the goats pass by. So let's see if anyone said that. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I was completely ahead of myself on this one. We got nothing. <laughs> yep. Uh, actually... Well, I'll tell you the answers that we all said. I said they will mention the War of the Gods and Celestials, saying they survived the threat of annihilation before. That did not happen. Al said there will be uneasiness between them. Like, they don't like each other and try to avoid dealing with each other when possible. Thor will say it's like cats and dogs working together, but use some Asgardian equivalent for cats and dogs, like Bill Schnipes and something else. Al, you could argue that they don't let the Eternal sit inside, so maybe they are separated. But maybe get <laughs> I, I mean, they just didn't build a, a room big enough. Like that's yeah. it's just a size thing. Yeah. Gorgon, <laughs> on the other hand, said, "No, they are just part of the MCU, and no mention of them will be there at all. They'll just be part of the group." And sir, Gorgon that is dead on. Ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Thor, you said there will be a quick mention of a war, but nothing in depth. So nope. zero on that one. Zero Gorgon on that coming one. in the lead. Yeah. I, I, again, I just want to reiterate what I said <laughs> last time to all of our listeners. If you haven't listened to the first episode with these handsome gents on this show, please go do. It was an awesome episode and we love being on it. But going forward in the MCU, I'm calling it now. I, I truly think we should just expect things like mm-hmm. celestials to be a part of it going forward um we're we're jumping into the the multiverse variants are left and right everywhere going forward there is nothing that is impossible off the table everything is fair game we are in phase four it is absolutely big picture if it is. It should not be anything at this point just to see a celestial in, in space, whether it's a Thor movie, whether it's an Avengers movie, a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, mm-hmm. Ant-Man, just expect it anywhere it's big picture. Yeah, to that uh, um, take, also just having like random aliens in Asgard and like no one banging an eye, possible introduction of werewolves with that lichen kid and the wolf woman on a woman wolf. So it's just like, yeah, these things are just around. (laughs) All right. So as we go into our final round, Al, still in last place with three points. Me, slightly ahead with four points. And very far away from both of us. In in second place, uh, Fat Thor with seven points and Gorgon in the lead with nine points. Oh, let's go. <laughs> hey. 
for our final round. Here's our always around questions. Questions we ask every time. First one was, will other MCU characters make a cameo in the show? I said, other than the Guardians, Hulk will get a scene with Thor trying to recruit him to reform the Revengers. Al said, um, two things, that Captain Marvel will show up in the first act, and that the Eternals, who went to space, will show up in the post credit scene, having joined up with Daisy Johnson from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one, one of these days, someone from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will show up. I'm going to keep putting an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. character in this question <laughs> for all of our predictions. Someday it'll be right. Uh, you're right. And like, like I said with Throg, long enough timeline, man. It will happen. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Gorgon said Darcy will appear. <sighs> Which I did not expect, but she definitely did. I don't know why I didn't expect it. <laughs> And Nailed it! <laughs> <laughs> I say, I think Gorgon sealed the win with the Darcy. I, I, I don't know, so. man. My next answer is a couple of questions might do me south. We'll see. <laughs> um, and then, Fatlor, you said Khonshu will appear. Which, yeah, that was a shitty answer. <laughs> I mean, looking back at it, Khonshu's on the outs with the gods. I don't think, like, any of the other gods might have showed up. Yeah, I mean, we did get a raw mention, so I guess, you know, somewhere in the ballpark. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like, for the most part, not exclusively, but it was like the head gods. Like, I guess, like <laughs> Zeus said that he didn't expect to see Asgardians again after Odin died, because he probably showed up because he was, like, the king of the gods. Mm-hmm. So, maybe that's, like, the Raws and the Quetzalcoatls yeah. and the king of the gods. But. Hey, sometimes you gotta take a big swing, you know, and sometimes doesn't it doesn't pan out, but you gotta go for it. Yeah, I mean that's always true with Al. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I take those swings. I miss every time, but I take them. <laughs> All right. Well, here's a swing. You hit Al. Will this show have the, any scenes that hint at mutants or X Men in the MCU? And it's gonna be real easy. All of us said no, and Al said, "Stop asking this question." <laughs> so I'm just going to give us all two points for that one. <laughs> mm -hmm. Seems seems fair. Yeah. 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 This wasn't the movie. I mean, it like if they decided to go the celestial route, maybe. But I feel like if anything, that's for an X Men movie or Eternals two, if that ever comes out. <laughs> Although, thought I saw something today saying that that might. It is probably in development, Eternals 2. It better be. I'll be yeah. pissed if we don't get another Eternals. <laughs> yeah. Etern I'm hoping for more. I feel like Eternals like I did back in the day with the Star Wars prequels, where it's like it, was, it had amazing concepts, but I don't think the execution was done great. I think I like it more than I like the prequels back in the day. But yeah, <laughs> I want to see more of those concepts. Yeah. All right. Uh, our random predictions, which we were all way off, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I said Thor will get kicked off the Guardian ship because he doesn't want to accept payment because he is a capital H hero. Al said Thor's Chris Hemsworth, Thor is done. He doesn't die, but essentially gone. It's a self-sacrifice thing. And if you guys don't remember, the last thing in the movie was Thor will return. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I thought, "Ah, oh, man! All right." Like, <laughs> see, seeing how it ended, I was like, "Oh, uh, I could, I could kind of maybe argue for like he's essentially gone." I mean, that's what happens, right? I um, mean, it didn't <laughs> say Odinson. Say it did oh. just say Thor. Didn't say. And they Thor. did go I, out of their way to huge spoilers right here for people, um, but showing. <laughs> Uh, Valhalla with Heimdall, which they didn't have to do, right? We already mm -hmm. understand Heimdall's dead. And I'm going to get a little crazy here um, and think that they're setting up for Foster to come back at some point as the new head of the Valkyries. Yes, sir. Jane Foster yes. Valkyrie. It's coming. <laughs> but then at that point, is she still a Thor? Mm, now well, that does beg the question now done yeah. it 
I will say in the book, she does revert back and forth mm-hmm. a couple times. Like she's Valkyrie for a while. And then it, there's actually a book out right now where she's back as being Thor. Uh, Milnir comes back to her. So I think it just depends on, you know, the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry to squash uh, Al's dreams, though, but uh, Chris mm-hmm. Hemsworth has said he will play Thor until we yell at him to leave. So Good. I think I think that was okay. a direct quote. <laughs> he, he said something like he'll continue to be Thor until the fans don't want him as Thor anymore. So that, I I prefer that. So cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Gorgon's random prediction was Meek will get confirmed as non-binary or trans, which unfortunately we don't get a lot of Meek in this. I was really sad that we got no Meek, right? For a character that was one of the first Funko Pops released mm-hmm. that we had first stills of to just yeah. literally, basically, we just had that the those couple of small scenes with Meek in town, and that's it. Yeah. I will say, though, that Valkyrie does refer to Meek as she. Mm-hmm. So, really, I don't know what that means, yep. but... Yeah, and Meek was definitely wearing more feminine clothing this time around. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think that's right on it. I think that's two points. I would I would say one point because it's not confirmed, but it's mm-hmm. highly hinted at. So I'll give you one point on that, Gorgon. I'll take it. It's it's more than I expected here, so I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Thor, you said Throg will be in the post credit scene, and you know what? Throg might be in Valhalla. I haven't done a frame by frame of that post credit hey. scene. <laughs> We need to go back, do uh, enhance uh, zoom and enhance search. Yeah. <laughs> Again, another big swing, but hey. All right, guys, our final scores. In last place with a well earned five points is Al. Yes. In third place, with slightly more than Al, and which is always my goal, is just get more than Al. Six points. Uh, Fat Thor, uh, with a respectable nine points. And Gorgon, which is what I believe our highest score ever of 14 points. Dang. Yeah. I did did not expect that, guys, at all. I, I, I really didn't. Simpsodamus over here, man. I'm yeah. telling you. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, congratulations on that. Golf clap to you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> now remember what I said. God is <laughs> Okay, so what is coming. All right, cut him off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, One thing I want to do, and I should have mentioned this earlier. Right before we end, I want us all to say one little thing about this movie that like this minor thing that might be our favorite thing in this movie. What is your top favorite thing in this movie? Okay. Uh, my, uh, I should have thought of something before I posed this question. <laughs> no. Um, I liked how they destroyed the Necro sword as absorbing the sword kind of into Mjolnir and making sure it doesn't reform. That was so sick. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gorgon, what's your what was your favorite thing about this movie? Um, I I'm gonna be really really cheesy here. Um, when Odinson was telling Jane on the boat that he's still in love with her, and mm-hmm. and and right, he has this like huge moment of growth that he struggles with early on a little here and there. But I was really proud of him that he just put all his feelings on the line, fully accepted that she is building Mjolnir, that Mjolnir's determined she's worthy, that she is a Thor. And he's like, it's fine. And I'm, I'm still in love with you. And, and, and I, I, I want to risk it all. I, I might be a bit of a hopeless romantic sometimes. Uh, and, and it definitely, definitely hit that hopeless romantic button, like full force. Yeah. And that was good. That these people who are saying that this movie isn't as heartfelt because of the humor are wrong in my opinion <laughs> agreed mm-hmm. yeah you can have both yeah yeah Al, what was your favorite part of the movie oh easily when they shazammed all the kids <laughs> that was so great honestly <laughs> there really was mm-hmm. that, that yeah. was amazing especially since it looked like idrisil when they had that shot from the top of 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, so cool. And just like also now, um, apparently Thor has that power. He could just do that to anyone. Like, okay, that's I, actually, that's cool. I have a theory about that. <laughs> I think <laughs> that um, if you look at all the kids lightning, it's yellow. He doesn't have that power, but Zeus has the power. Oh, and he had Zeus's thunderbolt. So it's like, because I heard saw some complaints online and be like, "Well, if he could do that all the time, why doesn't he give all the Avengers his powers all the time?" I'm like, "Because he didn't have that power before." See, okay. I took it as I like that for sure. I took it as a, which I mean isn't explicitly said in the movie. This is more just like comic shit. Mm-hmm. But I just figured once Odin died, he now has the Odin force and or the Thor force. So now he can, you know, create worthiness charms himself. So when he did it to the kids, he was just kind of tapping into that Odin force a little bit to give them that power. But I do also want to say about the kids, though, just really quick, like, while it was a funny scene and like hilarious, especially like the little girl with the bunny and all that. (laughs) It honestly, at least for me, because I'm the Thor nerd, it really honestly kind of hit me like in a special place. It kind of made me a little emotional even just because I don't know. It just was like, like, hell yeah, all these kids are worthy. Like all Mm -hmm. these kids can be Thor. And I don't know. I just and it was also kind of to me felt like kind of a meta sort of joke because you have this discourse online, which I usually find myself in the middle of, of oh, is Thor a title or is it a name? Like, oh, you can't have more than one Thor. Thor is his name. And to me, it was just kind of like Taika was like, oh, Thor can't be a name or Thor is only a name, not a title. Okay, watch me make all these little Mm 10-year-old kids Thor then. And I just thought that was great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I like any movie or story that empowers kids like or Mm -hmm. empowers victims. Like these kids were the victims of kidnapping and terrorizing and then giving them the power to fight back i really love yeah it. absolutely uh thor is that your favorite part or did you have another favorite part you wanted to well it's definitely one of them i if you guys didn't say it that's probably what i would have said but i have i have to say this is probably my absolute favorite moment was the mighty thor moment where she comes in and starts uh throwing the hammer at gore mm-hmm. and he calls her lady thor and she's like First of all, it's Mighty Thor. Second of all, if you can't say Mighty Thor, I'll accept Dr. Jane Foster. And then when she does her tagline too with the eat my hammer, I don't know. That part to me just really hit me in the heart. And I just like, I literally did kind of tear up for a second during that scene just because it was just so badass it was so cool and again i'm the thor nerd here and i've found myself in a lot of uh discussions on why uh jane can be thor and why Mm -hmm. you know the title of thor is something that she is more than worthy to hold so to see that in the movie and for her to say like i said again like it's mighty Thor after being called lady Thor. It just really hit me in a nice place. And like I said, it really made me feel good. And that was probably the one moment where I was just like, hell yes, let's go. Yeah. I'm glad. I mean, I'm sad she died. Well, she might come back, but I'm sad she's currently dead, but I'm happy (laughs) she got that awesome hero moment, especially in a movie that is ostensibly Odinson's movie. Yeah, like I said, it really did make me tear up a little bit for a second there. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. With that, I think it's time to wrap up the show. So thank you, uh, Thor and Gorgon, for joining us on these episodes. Thank you for having us, man. This was so, so much fun. It was awesome doing the first episode and seeing these results was even better. Unfortunately, Gorgon squeezed me out of the win and the crown of most points, but it was still an awesome time, and we are always down to nerd out anytime you would uh, have us. You know I'm going to use this on our (laughs) podcast to incessantly remind you that God is coming, right? (laughs) Say he's going to hold this over my head for years. Thank you guys for having us. It it, it truly was was an absolute blast. We're gonna have to have you guys on sometime soon just to 
just to bring you guys over and nerd out with this for a bit. Yeah, so the, our door is always open, fellas. Uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, anytime you want us. Mm-hmm. And all you listeners, join us next time when we cover uh, continue our coverage of The Runaways with Season 1, Episode 8. And uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at MCU underscore Rewind. And uh, guys, do you want to share your social media? Yeah, absolutely. Um, y'all can follow us on Twitter. Um, I'm at the last Gorgon, and then you can find our buddy here, Fat Thor. Um, you can follow us on our our account for the podcast uh, on Twitter at Sons of Mjolnir, and it's by the exact same name on YouTube, Spotify, and wherever you lovely people like to listen to your podcast or watch us in the morning or while you're driving to work. Um, and don't ask me how to spell Mjolnir because I always mess it up with the ADHD. Luckily, it's going to be tagged down below. It's M-J-O-L-I. Nope, see, I already messed it up. There you go. That's fucking, they're going to tag it down below. Uh, All right, guys. Again, thank you. And this is the Marvel Cinematic Rewind for Thor Love and Thunder signing off. Have a marvelous day. Marvel.